Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. Good morning. My name's Jacob, for those who don't know. And uh, I have the wonderful honour and privilege of sharing around God's Word with you this morning. Um, Just a little bit of my background. I spend Friday nights at the end of a long week hanging out with primary school kids. As a, as a high school teacher, being with kids all week apparently isn't enough. And so coming here and serving with kids every Friday night, I just, I love what we get to do. And um, I had the realization yesterday that it's over 12 years that I've been serving in kids ministry now. And so praise be, praise be to God that we can grow up here in a church where we get the opportunity to, as young people, be involved and be a part of what's happening. I want to encourage you around the word this morning, and um, we're going to share the key verse to start with, and then we're going to kind of unpack from there, and we'll get to the mystery box in a moment. Key verse I want to share around this morning is from John chapter 16, verse 33, and it says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So New Year's Eve, what does this mean for you? Is it a celebration, a time to gather together with friends? Is it the time to finally cross off that last box in the calendar and say good riddance to the end of that little device that's been tracking down that I'm getting older every day, that the year is going faster and faster? Is it a chance to uh, celebrate the beginning of something new? So many people, when they start the beginning of a new year, they, they toast, they raise a glass of something to each other and they, they shout cheers and are full of optimism and hope for what the new year is going to hold. As someone who doesn't drink, the idea of clinging glasses together is a little bit foreign to me. Cheers to me speaks more of the cheer of a crowd, the cheer of people getting involved in something and being excited about something that's happening. And as a kids leader, so many times over the years, I've watched the difference for a team winning or, let's be honest, everything other than first is losing. <laughs> as some of, the, some of the leaders on my team will say, if my team wins, I don't care about the others. If my team doesn't win, then there's lots of other place getters, yeah? I've noticed with kids that the team that has the loudest cheer participate the best. You know, if your team is there and involved, and maybe you've seen that on the sporting field, that if the crowd is there and they're cheering and they're supporting their team, the team does better based on the level of cheer that is around them. A team can really win or lose from the cheers of the members, of the people who are watching on. Um, In Proverbs, it even talks about this idea that cheer can actually be good for your health. And in the current climate, I thought, why don't we get something that's good for our health? In Proverbs 17, 22, and it'll be up on the screen, it says, a cheerful disposition is good for your health. Gloom and doom leave you bone tired. So I don't know which camp you sit in this morning, whether you feel a bit bone tired and you need some of that cheer, but as the Word of God says, cheer is good for our health. So let me ask you, what is 
your cheer? What's being spoken over your life for 2021? I believe in John chapter 16 that Jesus has three cheers for us and for our new year. Three cheers that he wants to speak over you and your 2021. It can be easy to be cheerful at the start, to have peace in the absence of problems. When our experiences align with what we expect, we can be full of cheer and optimism and hope for what's coming. A hope that problems maybe from the previous year are going to be left behind, that things are going to be different this year. Over New Year's a couple of weeks ago, watching people count down to the end of the year and go, thank goodness 2020 is over. It's gone. It's all finished. We don't have to deal with those problems, those issues, the things that happened at work, the things that happened at home, teaching the kids at home instead of at school. All the things that happened during the year is all gone. But God wants to give us a hope that lingers through the year. So what happens when the problems come in our new year? What happens maybe when some of the things we're hoping to leave behind from 2020 appear back in our everyday? We turn up back at work and some of the problems that we'd faced last year are still there. Some of the people that we had some conflict with are still there that maybe a lockdown comes again that before too long, we can find ourselves finding that maybe all of the hope and optimism we had for a new year has kind of been fallen apart. But I believe that God has something better for us. That in the midst of what happens, Jesus has a cheer that he wants to share over your entire year. Not just a cheer that we make at the beginning of a year, but cheers that continue right throughout the year. How many people spend time down at the river? We live in Murray Bridge. How many people are river people? Tim definitely is. He loves being down at the river. He's passionate and excited. I love the fact that we live in Murray Bridge by the river and pretty well never go to the river. It's that ironic part of living here. Uh, I drive across Swanport Bridge every day on the way to work. I get to see the river out there. I think that looks nice. I'm glad that it's there. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else in the world, but I'm not really a water kind of person. That kind of puts some context to this next story. As kids growing up, we'd spend some time, a few weekends a year, we'd rent a shack at Bow Hill up on the river. Um, I say shack in as many ways as you can think, half derelict, falling down shack. That is the image of this place. The neighbors next door, two-story, what I would call mansion. You know, as a seven or eight-year-old kid, whatever someone else has always looks better than what you've got. So this kind of two-story mansion, they could park the car underneath and they had canoes and everything. Ours was kind of a glorified tin shed. About the size of one of those Stratco garden home sheds, that was the shack that we stayed in. Anyway, Dad had a speedboat and so we'd take that down and, um, you know, going out on the water and enjoying being down at the river. And I remember this one time there was a family staying in the house next door and they were a little bit older than me and my sister and were probably towards the end of high school. So, you know, they're the responsible ones. We're down at the river and they've got some canoes and I thought, oh my goodness, this is awesome. I've never had the chance to go in a canoe. I've never been in a canoe. This is going to be great. We're going to go canoeing. 
because it's flat and whatever the things are that you need to go canoeing. I may or may not have never been canoeing after that. Um, but whatever the ingredients are for canoeing, they were there. We were ready to go. So he gets the boat out, like the little canoe. It's in the water there. And I climb into the canoe. Everything's all good. I'm like, I've got the oar. Is that what we call it? The oar. The thing ready to row so that when you panic, you throw it overboard and you get lost. So I'm ready to go. We're in the canoe. We're drifting out. He's like pushing me out from the shore. I'm like, we're all set to go. Single person canoe. Always the best way to start, apparently. If you've never been canoeing before, go in a canoe on your own. So in the canoe, he's pushing me out from the shore. And, you know, I can see the edge over there, and it's just getting a little bit further away. And I'm like, no, oh, this is okay. This is okay. And then I have a change of heart. I don't know if you've ever had one of those moments. It's like... <sighs> I'm not so sure that this is a good idea. In fact, I don't know that I want to be in this canoe anymore. I don't know that drifting out into the middle of this murky river water is going to be a great option. And so I decided at that point in time, it's time to get out of here. I am not going canoeing. I'm not drifting down the river. I can see the current going past, thinking we're going to end up in the Southern Ocean before long. I need to make sure that I'm back at shore. So I'm in this canoe, and I think, all right, it's time to get out. This is it. I've had enough. So I would like to say to you that I stood up gracefully, and I just stepped out of the boat and swam back to shore. There is no way on earth that that's what happened. More than certain, I kind of fell out over the side, and next thing before I know it, I'm in this brown, murky water under you know, a couple of meters underwater going, I can't see the bottom, I can't see the side, I can't see the top, I can't see anything. I'm going under, I'm drowning, I'm in over my head and I don't know how to get out of this. Thankfully at that moment, there was a helper just at the time that I needed it. There was someone else there, the boy from next door, who was tall enough and old enough that he could stand there and touch the bottom and he just kind of grabbed me up and I'm clinging to the edge of the canoe, kind of all wet like a drowned rat, sitting there being pushed and dragged back into shore to never get in a canoe again. <laughs> you know, in John chapters 14 to 16, Jesus is giving his last sermon. It's his last address to the disciples and it's just after they've had the Last Supper and Jesus has sat down and had dinner with his disciples. It's just before they go to the Garden of Gethsemane and he prays for his disciples. He prays for you and me and he prays for what's about to take place. In his last message, he's constantly referring to this idea of a loss of heart, this trouble, a feeling in over your head. And whether that's a situation that you've felt before that you've kind of looked around and put yourself in that position and or whether it's the kind of position you've looked around and thought I actually don't know how I got here those moments when you feel in over your head it's one thing to step out of a canoe and be over your head with water but what happens when we get over our head in life today I want to share three cheers from that very last verse from Jesus very last sermon from John chapter 16. And I pray that God's word would encourage us and give us a foundation for our hope for the year to come. That 2021 is going to be different because our hope is based on Jesus and on the word of God 
and the things that are unfailing, unchanging, unshaking, no matter what our situations and circumstances are. So I'll come back to our key verse, John 16, verse 33. It says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me, this is Jesus speaking, in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. All right, you ready to find out what's in the mystery box? I've slowly, this table is not quite as big as I expected it to be. So we'll do some rearrangement. Just smile at the person next to you. Good, that way you're not looking at me awkwardly. Okay, our first cheer. This is great because you're all suspensefully waiting. It's just like being with the kids. They're like, what's in the box? What's in the box? Did Sue look in the box? Sue doesn't even know what's in the box. She had to carry the box. She asked me, is it heavy? Is it light? What's in it? It could be millions of dollars. What's he got in the mystery box? It's going to be really exciting. You ready? You ready? It's party hats. Ah, church should be enjoyed, not endured. Our first cheer is peace. I chose the party hat because I think peace so often we can have taken away from us in our thoughts, in the things that the enemy speaks into our mind. And so I believe this morning that God wants to give us peace in our thoughts and in the way that we walk into 2021. So in that verse, John 16, 33, in that first part, it says, These things I have spoken to you that you may have peace. Jesus wants us to have peace. You know, the first thing I think about is Jesus' birth in this time where we've just come out of a couple of weeks of Christmas, that the angels in Luke chapter 2 announce Jesus' birth as someone who brings peace and goodwill. In Luke 2.14, it says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. You know, Jesus' birth was this idea that he is the Prince of Peace. He brings peace into our situations, into our lives. Now, this verse in John chapter 16 comes in the context of Jesus telling the disciples that he's about to leave. This contradiction in peace, but knowing that the person who has been supporting them was just about to walk out. And as I'm preparing this message, I've been reflecting on the situation I kind of found myself in at the end of 2020. Um, Last year, I was blessed to have at work a mentor who looked after me, who encouraged me, who talked me through a whole bunch of different situations and uh, helped me to be better at the work that I do each and every day. And I got to term four and I found out that he was leaving. And I can kind of understand at this point where the disciples are coming from. This idea, this person who has been so instrumental in my training, in teaching me, the person who I can go to and ask questions at any point in time isn't going to be there anymore. This person that when things go wrong or things go right, they're there. And for the disciples, Jesus wasn't going to be physically there with them anymore. But he wants to leave with them peace. Jesus here, he's echoing what he'd said earlier in John chapter 14 and verse 27. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. 
You see, Jesus leaves not just peace. He leaves his peace with us. And I've been thinking about this idea of peace, that life so often can be this tension between problems and peace. That sometimes we feel like we're going through life and everywhere we look, there are problems. That things aren't going the way we expected, that things fall apart around us. Jesus wants to give us peace. But I've been thinking about this idea that Jesus doesn't want to just give us peace and take away the problems. Sometimes when we come to faith and, and we trust in Jesus for the first time, we think, great, I've got Jesus, all of my problems are gone. My family is fixed, my workplace is perfect, everything is going to be just great because I've got Jesus. But Jesus here doesn't promise to take the problems away. He promises to give us peace in the problems. That no matter what situation and circumstance we're in, that he has peace for wherever you find yourself. In the good times, in the bad times, when life's easy, when life's hard, when life's just complicated, Jesus has peace for us. You know, we have hope for this year to come because we have Jesus' peace, his peace that he leaves with us. So our first cheer is peace. Can you say it with me? Our first cheer is peace. Awesome. I'm used to working with kids, so there needs to be some level of interaction. Yeah, your smiling faces are brilliant. Fantastic. Are you ready for the next prize out of my box? Yeah, this is a very big box that doesn't just have a party hat in it. It is possibly an oversized box for the number of things that I have in here, but hey, live life to the full. Free party hat. Awesome. All right, are you ready? Are you sure? It always feels like I'm going to get bitten by a snake or something. Oh. Hey, there we go. Oh, that's not a very good one. It's okay. I have a spare. Hey, there we go. It works. Now, side note, anyone who works in kids' ministry knows that these go home with the child at the end of life kids. Yeah? We don't hand them out at the start of the program because they just make noise the whole time. That's why all the parents are like, why are the kids so crazy when you pick them up? <laughs> so back to our key verse from John 16, verse 33. Jesus says, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. And I was looking at this idea of cheer. In the message translation, it says, take heart. In John 1633 from the message, it says, but take heart, I've conquered this world. And I was looking over the last couple of weeks at where this comes from. And the original Greek word, if there's anyone who speaks Greek, please feel free to come and correct me afterwards. Tharzite, Tharzite. I'm going to all learn a new Greek word. I'm going to make you say it so that I don't feel so awkward. So Tharzite. Fantastic. You can all learn unofficial Greek as someone who listened to it online to try and work out how to say it. This idea of Tharzite means be encouraged, be of good cheer, take heart. And the thing that stood out to me in this word, in the middle of this verse in John chapter 16, it only appears in the New Testament in three places. That's it. 
here in John chapter 16. The other two places are in Matthew chapter 14 and Mark chapter 6. And both of those places are about the same thing, the same account of, sorry, an account of the same story. So it piqued my curiosity. What is the story that uses this same word? When Jesus says to the disciples, take heart, what was the background? Where was that sitting? We're going to turn to Matthew chapter 14 and starting at verse 23. And when he, Jesus, had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. The wind was against them. This, this picture of being out on the water, drifting away from the coastline, trying to work out where up, down, left and right is in the midst of this sea. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. Their hearts were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. No. Ghost! Ghost! Oh my goodness! I can imagine them. They're there on the boat. Ah! What is that? I woke you up? I think so. Everyone's awake now. It's good. It's <laughs> I don't think they would have just been like, it is a ghost. No. Ah! Oh, we're going to, what's going on? Ah! Oh! Oh! And then in the middle of that moment, when all of that's happening, they're in this boat, the sea's blowing around them, the wind's blowing, the waters and waves are coming up, and they're like, oh my goodness, there's a ghost, what's going to happen? They cried out in fear, but immediately, straight away, Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, Tharzite, that exact same word, be of good cheer, it is I. Jesus was there with them, do not be afraid. You know, the disciples were surrounded by storms. Wind and waves were crashing around them. They were probably feeling alone, isolated, feeling in a place where they were in over their head. But Jesus turned up in the midst of their trouble, in the midst of their hearts failing, in this idea of, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't know how I'm going to step forward into tomorrow. Jesus turned up and he says, Tharzite, take heart. Why? Because I am with you. And I believe Jesus wants to speak that over our 2021, that he wants to cheer us on into this year, that wherever you find yourself, whatever situations and circumstances may happen around us, that God wants us to take heart because he is with us no matter what. You know, when troubles and tribulations come, we can often feel in over our heads and we can wonder how we got there. At that point in time, Jesus wants to echo, take heart, be encouraged, be of good cheer, I am with you. What does this look like? I remember back to those lockdown that was going to be a lockdown, that wasn't a lockdown, that then was a lockdown, that whatever was going on. Back in November... The 18th of November, it was a Wednesday, 
It was partway through the day, just after recess, and I'm at work. I work at an area school as a deputy principal, and we're sitting there, and we get called into this meeting where the chief executive of the education department is going to announce something. Okay, see, we've never had this before. We'll see what's going to happen. So at that point, he gives us the heads up that in half an hour's time, Premier Stephen Marshall was going to step up and announce a whole state lockdown. And at that point, all of the planning and preparation that we'd done, we were heading towards, we were three days out from year 11, end of year exams, and all of this stuff that was going on, all of that had to be changed straight away. We had to spend the afternoon going around to classes and telling kids at various different levels that they had to take everything they had home with them. School wasn't coming back tomorrow, and some of them were excited by that, and... Thankfully, my year 11s weren't so excited. They were deeply traumatized at the idea of not being at school to finish the year. And so there's this idea right in the middle of that day that heart is troubled and things are going wrong. And I got to the end of the day and boxed, literally boxed everything I could grab because I didn't know if I was ever going to be back again. Grab everything I could, pile it into the car, bring it home. Later that night, it's almost 10 o'clock at night, and I get a phone call from our administration officer at school saying that uh, the supervision requirements for the next day have changed, that while school was closed, there needed to be someone there. So now my plans that were going to be, all right, I've taken everything, I'm at home, I can just work from home. This will be brilliant. I don't have to drive every day. Now that's out the window, you're packing everything back in the car the next day going back to work in case someone turned up so that there was someone who could supervise. So the Thursday I'm at work, heart already troubled because of all these things that have happened. And in the middle of the day, I get an alert on my phone to say, there's a bushfire somewhere in the area. So we step out the front door of our school to see this huge plume of smoke billowing from just down the end of the road. If things couldn't have been more heart-troubled, I don't know what else could have been added into those situations to know that there was only three of us at school, that we had to try and manage um, contacting a whole bunch of people to make sure people were safe, that things were okay. I don't know how to operate the sprinkler system. I don't even know where the switch is. All of these things happening. And in the middle of that day, feeling in over my head, But I was reminded that Jesus is with us in the day-to-day to to take heart, that when it feels like things are so far out of what we imagined the day could have been, Jesus is there with us. Take heart. Be encouraged. Be of good cheer. He's there in the midst of those situations and circumstances. I'm so grateful that he was because that day finished, we ended up closing full shutdown on a Friday to make sure nobody was at site. The CFS used our school as a base ground. As if I thought that wasn't enough at the end of that weekend, we get back to school the Monday with school all returning the lockdown over and we had one of our students in the morning bus pickup have a seizure on the bus on a dirt road out in the middle of nowhere. And so it was yet again another day of heart troubled with things going on and having to manage people and all of the contacting ambulances and making sure that parents know what's happening and getting the rest of the kids to school and all of those things that happen. And often I have people come up to me and say, look, Jacob, I don't know how you do what you do. Sometimes I look at myself and I wonder, how do you do what you do? There is a lot of things that happen. 
But I know one thing's for sure, that in the middle of whatever situation or circumstance is happening, that Jesus is there, and I believe in faith that every, every situation that happens, that he's giving me wisdom, he's strengthening my heart for the day to come. And I believe this morning that he can do the same for you, wherever you work, whatever you do in your day today, that Jesus can give you the right words to say in that situation. He can give you the wisdom to make the right decisions for whatever has to happen. Because he is with us, take heart. In the middle of whatever crazy situation you can find yourself in, take heart because he is with us. In John chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus had said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Believe in Jesus. He's the one who is with us. He's the one who can help us in troubled situations. Throughout John chapters 14 to 16, Jesus continually refers to this helper who will be with us. As a couple of examples in John 14 verse 16, he says, And I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. And in John 16 verse 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And that helper is the Holy Spirit. Jesus sent the helper of the Holy Spirit to live in us, to echo the cheers that Jesus has proclaimed over our year. That in those times when we feel our heart is troubled, that the Holy Spirit can prompt us, can bring verses back to mind, can remind us of God's faithfulness. The helper that echoes the cheers of our Savior. So cheer number two was take heart. Cheer one was peace. Cheer two is take heart. Turn to the person next to you and say, take heart. It makes it less awkward than you looking at me. All right, you ready for the third thing in the box? Yeah, look at the box. Yeah, this is the final thing in the box. And we're going to pray that this one doesn't sort of fail like the last one did. All right, you ready? Here we go. So we had party hat for peace because we want peace in our mind, around our mind, to protect us from those attacks that come against us. Take heart, be of good cheer. Number three, you ready? Oh, how I hope this works. Hey! <laughs> uh, I breathed in at the wrong time. That was not a good choice. <laughs> um, a party popper to represent the third cheer that Jesus wants to declare over our year is victory. The last part of this verse from John chapter 16, verse 33, he says, I have overcome the world. Whatever we face, whatever situation, I have overcome the world. I want to focus in on this idea that have is in past tense. Do we have memories of God's goodness and faithfulness from what he's done before? That God has done it before and he'll do it again. I want, I want you to follow with me just for a short moment. We're nearly done. Is the disciples at that moment when Jesus says to them, 
I have overcome. Maybe they were thinking about Israel's great exodus from Egypt. Go with me here. In Exodus chapter 14, there's this story where the Israelites have come out of Egypt. They've broken free of slavery. They're heading to the promised land. And what should they come up against? None other than the Red Sea blocking their way forward. The Israelites turn to Moses and they're like, well, Moses, how are we going to get through this? We're in a situation that we can't move forward. And behind us starts coming the Egyptian army. So they turn to Moses and their hearts most certainly would have been troubled. We're locked in this situation. How do we get out of this? I'm going to share with you what Moses stands up and he speaks to the people from Exodus 14, verse 13. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Now, the thing that I found really interesting about this passage is this idea of do not be afraid. It has that same meaning. Take heart, be encouraged, be of good cheer. It's the Hebrew equivalent to that Greek word tharsite. So maybe when Jesus is saying to his disciples, I have overcome the world, they're thinking, yeah, of course, God overcome the Egyptian army and led us into the promised land. You see, God has overcome the world, past tense. It's been done. The world that's warring against you, he has overcome. But this Jesus, this is Jesus speaking, and I think he has something more for us to see. This have overcome in the original text indicates a work that's already been done, something that's completed, something that's finished, the idea of a battle that has already been won, standing on a battlefield declaring that it's already finished. Was Jesus referring the disciples maybe back to that moment when he overcame the battle of the sea that was storming around them? Take heart because he had turned up. I think it's even more powerful than that. More powerful than echoing God's salvation of Israel from Egypt. More powerful than when Jesus turned up and said, take heart because I am with you. Jesus was speaking before the cross. You and I read this now. and We know the end of the story. We know what happens. We know that Jesus was arrested. He was crucified. He was buried and that he rose again, that he was victorious. But at this point in time, for the disciples that he's talking to, I have overcome, makes less sense in that context. They haven't seen the victory yet. But Jesus stands there and he proclaims, I have overcome. It's already been done. I've already won. He hadn't died and rose again yet. Jesus spoke of the tribulations and the troubles that were yet to come and said, He has overcome. They were already defeated before we saw a glimpse of it. The tribulation of the cross, of sin and death, Jesus had already defeated it before we'd seen the victory. You know, the troubles of this world, the tribulations of life try to take us out of action. The enemy wants to to cut us away from following God's purpose. 
But I want to encourage us this morning. Jesus wants to echo those words, take heart. Fix your eyes on Him. You know, get up in the morning when you don't feel like you can face another day. Go back to work when it just feels like you're trudging through because Jesus is with you. Whatever tomorrow brings, take heart. Be encouraged because God is with you. Jesus wants to cheer you along every day of this year. You know, don't let your heart be troubled because He has overcome. Whatever tomorrow brings, hold your head up high because He has overcome. When I feel in over my head, don't fear any evil around you because He has overcome. When your experiences don't match your expectations, take heart because He has overcome. Fix your eyes on the truth that God is madly in love with you, that whatever happens, His love will not change for you. I want to share one final story. What does this look like? For me, this last year, I applied for a a job promotion and I had lots of people encouraging me. There was a job that was perfectly suited to what I was doing, that people could see the things that I was already doing in my current role that I would be able to bring to that. And I felt like God had put it on my heart. Yep, this is a thing for you. And I started to dream dreams of, of what this would look like, me in this role as a leader and being able to, to impact the lives of other people. And so I ended up writing an application and putting it in. And I didn't hear anything for weeks. Sometimes the peace and quiet is deafening. But Jesus is there with us. Almost a month later, I'm sitting in a meeting doing some of the work that that job would entail. And for some reason or another, I actually looked at my phone when it had one of the thousand messages that I get each day. An email had come through saying, it's not yours. They didn't get that job. I didn't get what I felt like God was calling me to. And in the middle of that moment, sitting in that meeting, while everybody else is unaware, heart troubled. That sense of loss, that sense of feeling, God, I thought you were with me here. I thought you were calling me to take this step and now I feel lost. I'm all at sea. I'm in over my head and I don't quite know how to move forward. And what kind of adds to that is In the education department, we get alerts about what's happening, but we're not allowed to tell anybody until it's been publicly announced. So at that point, not only am I sitting in a meeting doing the job that I'm now no longer going to do, but I have to bring myself back to work again tomorrow, put on the brave face to keep doing the job that I'm not going to do because no one else is allowed to know. You talk about heart being troubled, the devastation, the loss of trying to understand where is God in the middle of all of this. And it's moments like this that I am thankful for the habits of every day. The next morning I'm driving to work and as I do so often, every day on the way into work, I'm listening to worship music because I know no matter how I feel, no matter what's going on, that God can still speak into my daily situation and build that habit and routine of hearing from Him. I'm listening to a list of songs that I've heard hundreds, if not thousands of times before, and they're right in the middle. In the middle of one of the songs comes this line. 
Take heart. Take heart. All the world and its troubles, take heart, for he has overcome. All the world and its troubles, take heart, for God has overcome. It didn't change the external circumstances. I'm not here to say this morning that walking with Jesus fixes everything. But I know that that day I could walk into work, I could do the job that God had called me to do because I knew that Jesus was with me. In the middle of situations and circumstances that see us blown around like the wind, take heart because Jesus is speaking life over your 2021. Whatever the situations might look like this year, whether we end up with lockdowns or we end up with open borders, whatever happens in the day-to-day, I believe that Jesus is with us every step of the way, that He is going to keep cheering over your year. Peace. Have your heart encouraged. Victory, because He has already won. He has already faced whatever's going to happen in the future. He is bigger than our everyday. God loves you. Would you stand and join with me this morning? We're going to pray. I'm just going to take us back to that verse one last time. These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have troubles, but be of good cheer because He has overcome the world. This morning, what will the cheer of your new year be? Is it going to be a cheer of listening to the situations and circumstances around you? Or are you going to allow the helper that Jesus has sent to cheer you on? To cheer and encourage you in the everyday when it feels like things are falling apart. That he wants to cheer you on every step of the way. Would you close your eyes and join me in prayer? God, we just thank you that you sent the Holy Spirit as a helper to encourage us, to come alongside us. And God, we pray that you would echo those cheers into our everyday. Lord, whatever happens, wherever we find ourselves, when life doesn't make sense, when things are going perfectly, God, that you would continue to echo those cheers, that you speak peace, your peace, you leave with us. That you would encourage our hearts not to be troubled. Lord, that you would speak and proclaim that victory that you have already won. Just while everyone's eyes are closed, with nobody looking around, maybe today you're hearing of a God who loves you, who wants to be beside you and encourage you every step of this year. And you say, you know what, Jacob, I haven't ever made that decision to get right with God. Whether it's your first time or whether you've been here several times before, And you know that today God's speaking to you and you want to make that choice to ask Jesus to be your best friend for the first time. This God that loves you. With everybody's eyes closed, I'm going to ask you on the count of three, if if that's you and you'd like to pray a prayer asking Jesus to be your friend, to be the person walking alongside of you. Maybe you've, through, through choices, you've found yourself living dislocated from God and you want to come back to Him today with everyone's eyes closed. If that's you, we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you out. I just want to pray for you. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand on the count of three if you'd like to ask Jesus to be your friend today. One, two, three. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, you can pop your hand down. That is so awesome. 
hey, church, can we pray this prayer together? Can we support these couple of people who've raised their hand this morning? This is their day. It's their moment. It's a chance for you to come home to a relationship with Him. Can we say together, dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you're with me. Today, I am a new creation. I have a new beginning because of you. Help me to live for you forever. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Can we give those people a clap who prayed that prayer for the first time today? That is so awesome. So awesome. If you popped your hand up or you prayed that prayer in your heart, I'm going to encourage you. The team will talk about how to get connected a little bit later on. Um, But really, please talk to one of our pastors, one of our team, and work out how to get connected, how to follow Jesus. As I've talked about today, it's up, down, and every which way, but I'm so glad that I walk every day with Jesus. Heart, don't be troubled because Jesus is with you. And I want to encourage you this morning, church, we're going to sing this song. The team's going to lead us in. Don't let your heart be troubled. Hold your head up high. Don't fear evil. Fix your eyes on this one truth, that God is madly in love with you. The God of the universe, the Saviour of the world loves you individually. Then whatever happens throughout our lives, that God loves you. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at Lifehouse. God's house, our home.